0: Hey guys, my guest tonight, Stephen Bassett, is going to be talking about UFO disclosure and will the government ever come clean. Be right back. grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Charlotte. I'm gonna be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you do have a paranormal problem or you think you have one, we can help you out. It might take us a while, a bit to get to you, but we will get to you. Um, you know, uh, in that case, (laughs) I'm getting lost already. In that case, we do have psychics and mediums on staff who can help you via phone call, and in, in most cases, if it is paranormal, they can calm things down a bit before we get out there you know, until we get out there, but we, but we will get out there. Like I said, California is a big state and it might take, you know, it might take us a couple days. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook and a lot of you are tonight, uh, please be sure to follow if you haven't done so already. Uh, we're always looking for followers and uh, be sure to, you know, be sure to send me a thumbs up, a happy face, one of those happy hearts. Because uh, the more you guys do that, the more you participate in the chat room, The higher up in what we call the FYP computer system for Facebook takes us, and that means they distribute this out to more people. If you're at home watching this with other people in the house, and maybe you think they might be interested in the show, tell them to come on over and, and take a look at the show. Um, same thing with YouTube. YouTube works the same way. If you haven't uh, subscribed yet, please be sure to subscribe. We're looking to fill ourselves up with subscribers to hit that magic 1,000 market subscribers. And the same thing. If, if you like what you hear, leave us a thumbs up, a happy face, you know, that's, you know, and all that good stuff. And also, you know, Twitch works the same way. TikTok works the same way. It's it's all about getting those likes. It's all about getting those likes. Jeez, the internet's really unstable tonight so I'm gonna let you guys know if it does go down I will be back on my cell phone well here we go Steven is here and we're gonna shift back in and let's bring him in and what we're gonna be talking about today is UFO disclosure and it's gonna, it's gonna be an interesting talk because I have personal feelings about it and that the, I don't think the United States is going to a tell us everything that that's been going on and B I think if they do, they're going to candy coat it to a point where people don't panic because I think it's the thing where they think everybody's going to panic. But the main question that everybody has on the main question I have is, are they actually going to tell us anything at all? Because there's a lot of embargoes going on on information. I mean, we can't be the only ones, you know, when we're walking outside with our dogs and our our spouses, we can't be the only ones who see things in the skies okay you know like 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 the recent military pilots and all that that's what i mean everybody's seeing this stuff there has to be something to it so my guest tonight um stephen bassett he's going to talk about that and he has a lot of really cool information about this and i think you guys are going to find this fascinating tonight so let me bring him in maybe
1: maybe (laughs) yeah there we go go. how are you doing I'm okay. Um a little computer problem there. I think my computer was dying and I'm afraid it's, it's it I knew this might happen. I'm going to have to get another one, but uh I beat the hell out of it. Also I'm on the road uh okay. in New Mexico uh looking into some pretty amazing things. So the production values tonight are not of the kinds of quality. That's uh, okay. Now I got this this weird light. It's got this it's just this yellow light weird stuff. <laughs>
0: I'm sure, for, I'm sure for you doing the kind of work you do, and it's similar to the work I do And that, like I was telling him before you came on, paranormal investigators go through computers like every two years.
1: Yeah, because you're taking them out in the field, you're dropping them yep. in the ground, you're stepping on them. I'm sticking yep. them in my in a bag in my – anyway, this baby – but I have a, I have a, a supporter that's going to get me a new laptop, and right. uh, I'm going to hopefully get that as soon as I get back. So I heard what you said. I need to help. Let me help. Okay. okay. Here we go. Let's uh, make a few points. One, there has been a huge amount of coverage of this issue the last seven years. I think everybody agrees to that mm-hmm. uh, unprecedented amount of media coverage uh, both on television and in rent and, and so forth. The stigma on the issue is practically gone. Uh, people are using UFO even without concern. UAP is available for those that are twitchy, but the UFO is back and it's cool. Uh, Uh, And there's very few skeptic articles in in the major print. There's some skeptics on Twitter because, well, they just don't know what else to do with themselves. So we know about that. We know there's been four tranches of legislation unprecedented. The last one could have been absolutely through the roof, Mm -hmm. but uh, there was some pushback. Fine. They modified it, reduced it back. But we still got the fourth piece of legislation Mm -hmm. and then things have slowed down. Not seeing so many articles. Uh, and of course, the moment that happens, everybody is thinking, okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. again. This is not 1969. It ain't 1953. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We way, way past that. What is going on now is a tremendous amount behind the scenes that is not in the public uh, eye. All right. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I get it. And so if you're not seeing anything, you get a little delusional, again, disillusioned. But uh, in fact... All kinds of things are happening in Washington, D.C., and all things, kinds of things are happening in Los Angeles. Content of various levels is in various degrees of production. More is coming. Uh, you're going to be seeing unprecedented levels of, of nonfiction, documentary-type content of the UAP issue. And it's not going to be debunking it. Uh, and that's coming out from the highest level of Hollywood. Uh, we've already seen two recent series from Amber Entertainment and Bad Robot Productions. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And they have, they have a second seasons of that coming. Uh, in addition, well, that's a lot. Now, in Washington, well, uh, I, I am very much privy to that. And there is a lot going on behind the scenes. There is briefings happening all the time. There's interactions between various committees. Uh, there are members of Congress speaking out directly. There, uh, we had that legislation. Uh, and uh, in addition to all of that, You've got major organizations who are, are forming mm-hmm. because they know disclosure is coming. They're not forming to be another MUFON or uh, come up with some more proof that there's ETs here. We already know there's ETs here, the government. Mm-hmm. Knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the most notable of these are the Soul Foundation, which is uh, j- uh, chaired and, and started up by Gary Nolan, the Nobel Prize nominee. this out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. And they're just they're filled up with some of the highest tech people, uh, tremendous uh, backgrounds and so forth in science and tech. And they're going to be—they're coming together to address the post-disclosure world. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, we want to—we want to address the issues of the technology and advise the government and whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not just going to allow the technology to remain in the domain of private contractors once the confirmation of the ET presence is out there, and—and mm-hmm. and it's not going to. All right. So th- there's that. The new Paradigm Institute, Danny Sheehan's uh, new think tank, which he's been in 20 years in the making and couldn't get it going because this, the uh, the climate wasn't right. He now has some decent funding. He's uh, hired a number of staff. He has a Washington office open. Uh, they uh, have a substantial website with the, uh, and they put a lot of their initial money into the tech of the website, so they can do really good projects. Uh, And so the new paradigm Institute eventually is going to have millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars, and it's going to be addressing the post-disclosure world. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, MUFON is, 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 is aggressively pursuing the issue on the Hill. It has a lobbying firm that it's paying a lot of money to. Uh, There's docs in the works. MUFON TV is thriving. That's happening. Uh, And there are other lobbyists that are doing their thing. Uh, SCU uh, scientific. um, Oh God. SCU is the. Oh, boy, uh, forgive me, but it's SCU, pretty big, important operation. Uh, that is that is developing. And there are other organizations coming together because it's game time. Uh, so all I can say, folks, is that past is not prologue. Uh, we're going to get disclosure. We should get it early this year because it would be very awkward and difficult, uh, very awkward and uh, a lot of ways to not to hold it later this year. As the mm-hmm. election gets closer, uh, there's also some very unpleasant things going on in the world. We need we need to make a move like this in order to shift the focus uh, and uh, and develop some new way of thinking, worldview change, paradigm shift, change all that. So early this year, there is no reason we can't have a hearing in front of the Senate Intel Committee. Mark mm-hmm. Warner can call it anytime he wants to. Nobody can stop it—not the Pope, not the uh, the, uh, the Supreme Court, not the White House, not uh, other members of Congress. He is the chair of that committee. He can call a hearing. The witnesses are ready to testify under oath. It's all set. They just mm-hmm. have to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing what I can. Danny's doing what he can. And there's others that are continuing to make the make the case to get this done. So it could happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. When we get disclosure, this may shock you. But the the disclosure of the E.T. presence will be the turning point in which we start to enter into an era of truth telling. Now, some people will say, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, Uh, governments have lost their moral authority. Mm -hmm. They lie all the time. They don't trust them anymore. Uh, They're dangerous, whatever. And so why on earth would would you expect that to happen?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's not complicated talking about the democracies now not not the, not the United states okay Most of these governments are filled with good people they, they want to do good work they want to help the help their, 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 their country and they don't like to lie
0: mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, there's a lot of dysfunction and lying going on and it usually is around national security stuff war and what have you people have figured this out they know they're lying and it's mm-hmm. very very destructive. Confirming the extraterrestrial presence, ending the biggest lie, I think, in human history that is basically 77 years old this year, will be a huge turn in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So they're going to confirm the ET presence and they're going to quickly understand that, particularly once they get a great deal of appreciation and recognition for doing this and everybody's quite pleased about it, and then we enter the post-disclosure world era in which now everybody wants to know everything about this issue as soon as possible and the government is going to tell us what it can when it can all right in an orderly responsible way i never expected anything else
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when they do that when we go to the post-disclosure world and the press is cramming into every one of the briefing rooms and every uh, appropriate in uh, institution in in, 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 in dc and in other countries as well because the, the control i mean the uh the uh, uh, formal acknowledgement of et presence will go worldwide within a week or less meaning every head of state that matters is going to confirm it whether or not they bring evidence out doesn't matter there's plenty of that so they're going to discover that they they're, they're going to want to tell us what 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 we want to know and they want to do it in an orderly way the bill that was recently submitted that was not passed as 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 it was written, had the incomplete dis, uh, disclosure platform in it, the, uh, the disclosure plan called the UAP disclosure plan, a control disclosure plan, which is the mm-hmm. whole thing. Right. Everything. OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, transparent in the open, exactly how it was going to be done. It would start right away and then unfold over uh, m- multiple years. OK, but eventually everything would come out. It was all there. It also included eminent domain on the E.T. tech, which was more than the defense contractors could handle. And so they put in a big pushback and they got the bill reduced down to a basic bill and eliminated most of the powers. But, of course, everybody saw it happen, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody knew it was going on. And so Chuck Schumer says we want eminent domain over that E.T. tech, the grush said we had which confirms that we have ET tech. And then the defense contractor said, no, we don't, we don't want you to have it in a domain. Uh, We want to keep that tech to ourselves, which confirms we have ET tech. There's already anybody in Washington that hasn't confirmed we have ET tech. So that's where things are. So once we get into that era, the questions are going to come hard and fast. And They're going to have the entire world pretty much focused right on them, every Mm -hmm. briefing, every uh, question session, uh, with their social media already up and ready to go, able to Google and search anything they say uh, to Mm -hmm. see if it's it's, it's valid. They're going to have to tell the truth, and and they're going to want to, and they will. And so we're going to start getting truths. And we'll know their truths because they're going to be very tough answers to very difficult questions that are not really in their best interest and people are going to be going that's good i like that and they're going to be going "Ooh, people like that and then they're going to tell more truth and the odd person will try to pull a fast one and you'll get ground up by the social media in a couple of hours and go oh that was a mistake and thus begins what i call the great era of truth telling now will it be happening in china or Russia? No, probably not. It'll come a little bit later, but eventually it'll catch up with it. But in certainly in the Western world uh, that we are so comfortable with, and I'll include South America, Central America as well, without question, Africa is limited in terms of its engagement. But mm-hmm. in general, the, most of the major countries, you're going to get nothing but truth pouring out. Now, they may say that we can't tell you about that now, but we, we will be, do so later. That is on hold but what they will say will be the truth. And as people start to get comfortable with that, and as the governments get comfortable with that, they're gonna start telling the truth about a lot of other things. And the net result of that is more trust in government, less partisanship, more getting things done, more fixing things. And we may start to see an upward curve of improvement of the condition of human beings, the status of nations, and perhaps even the status of the uh, biosphere. Now that seems like a lot, Mm -hmm. it is, but the, the end of the truth embargo is the most profound event in human history and the biggest paradigm shift in history. It is a big enough lever as Archimedes referred to once to move the world. It's long enough to do that. And so those that are still very, not saying about it. Uh, still expecting the same old, same old. I get it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's coming. All right. Barring some dramatic shift. And, I, and I'll tell you, if a nuclear uh, event happens anywhere, all this is going to be tabled. So just count on that. All right. Mm-hmm. If there's some catastrophic political thing that happens, I don't know, assassination, blowing up a building, I, if something really draconian like that happens. This is going to hold off. But barring that, right now, though we do have a lot of very hot, big hotspots in the world, uh-huh. there is no significant barrier to Warner bringing in about 20 witnesses to testify before 100, 200 million people on camera, transparently, to the Senate Intel Committee, thus making it quite easy for the president to step forward and say we're not alone. So that's where things <laughs>
0: very interesting and you know i've noticed um you know like on social media sites that this just keeps, this keeps popping up this new machine they have for medical use where you can just walk into the booth and the thing just does a scan on you yeah, and so yeah. That's, what, that's what makes me wonder about like you say already we've got this technology but the, but the, the public doesn't realize we have this technology
1: look uh there's x amount of technology that is within private hands classified mm-hmm. that could ooh, wait a minute my battery's going bad because i'm not plugging into a decent plug let me fix that Won't okay take go, ahead.
0: go ahead no problem this is an interesting talk i mean he's right and if you look around yourself you can see like i said about this this thing that can scan your body there's te- there's techno there's stuff out there already that's come out the last year that I kind of thought was more, like, was, was more Star Trekky. I mean, that's what that is. They could Star Trek, they, they lay it on the table, kind of like an MRI and scan your whole body. But this isn't even an MRI. Wouldn't this be cool to have this? I mean, how many of us just hate being, being, being shoved into that MRI tube? I mean, that's obnoxious. Well, you could just walk into something the size of a small bathroom and get scanned. You know, and they could tell stuff that's wrong with you. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic machine. And this, I mean, this this is is how fast this technology comes. And you look at stuff like microwaves and things like that, and uh, there I am, I'm big now. (laughs) Ha-ha. You see more of me than you want to. But, you know, you look at stuff like microwave ovens and different things like that, and sure enough, the technology is there. And it had to come from somewhere. So I I agree with him, but, you know, as as far as that goes, you know, we're going to see more and more of these technological advances. Absolutely. And, you know, what I want to ask him when he gets back online, too, I want to ask what, what the slowdown's been as far as releasing this stuff. Like he says, there's all these people working on this now. Why couldn't they have come around earlier and started telling us about this technology? That's, that's what I'm wondering about. Or telling us about these ETs or, or whatever. You know, that, that's, sort of the, that's where my thing is with this. But it's, it's interesting. Because a lot of this, like he says, a lot of this technology you're seeing in the military— that probably came from the ETs, and I'm talking about Skunk Works. You know, you've got the SR-71 planes like the YouTube and the SR-71 Blackbird and the Stealth Fighter and all this stuff, and that stealth technology, you know, which they came up with in the 60s. Some, you know, somehow they came up with all that and were able to make it work. So this technology is, is coming from somewhere. The Harrier Jump Shed. Right, for you guys that don't know what a Harrier jump jet is, that is the jet that they are able to, instead of using a runway, they are able to take off and land with in one spot. Okay, let me bring him back on. <laughs> okay, he's still muted, camera's not on yet. Yellow light, but anyway, um, yeah,
1: okay, got that, and yes. got this. Uh, camera should be, no, that's not oh, it. There
0: you go. Close enough.
1: Well, now now I get a camera. I get the camera. Where's the okay, camera? Okay. Why can I get a camera? Uh, it uh, should you, be right here. You have a lovely photo. It's all good. Yeah. What's, well, uh, <laughs> where's my, uh, where's my, uh, it should, it should be right here. What's, what's the problem? I'm on the show. The camera's working. I have this. Okay. Um... Uh, all right, let, let me let me go here. Let me uh, see. Oh, start cam. There it is. Right, there we go. Okay, you're yellow. Well, that's uh, that's so far so whatever.
0: Close enough right. for government work. All right, let us continue. <laughs> I was okay. just mentioning, you know, yeah. all this disclosure stuff, like like you're talking about coming out. Yeah. what's taking so long for it to 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 get to this point?
1: That's like asking, why did it take 75, 85 years to get the Civil Rights Act? Okay. Why did it take 50 years to uh, to finally convince the British to leave India? Mm-hmm. Uh, major change, activist change uh, is not easy.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, you've got the government that is uh, basically uh, saying that uh, uh, we don't want to do this. It's in our interest. The government has the power. And so you have to you have to convince the government to do something it doesn't want to do.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: get that. All right? And so it's, it's not easy. And so it has taken 77 years to get to a point where the U.S. government uh, or any government
0: uh-huh. was
1: willing to confirm to us the extraterrestrial presence. Uh-huh. It is that uh, simple. All right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, okay. Again, I don't know what's happened here. I, I, my cameras just stopped working and I have no idea why. Um, now, the, the truth embargo was, was maintained uh, for national security reasons. And then eventually it was maintained because they were too embarrassed to end it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and so it has had a very long lifetime, 77 years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, ultimately it's broken down. It's broken down because of all the research that was done, the witnesses that have come forward, Mm-hmm. documentaries that were produced, books written. Uh, and then it really started getting hammered when you had the development of the internet in, in the late 90s, followed by social media, 2003, 2006, and then followed by the podcast revolution uh, and more social media, including TikTok and so forth. And so you have billions of people able to communicate at will, spread mm-hmm. information at will, even misinformation. And so the idea that you could now continue to keep secret a phenomena that everybody's seeing every day somewhere in the world was of course ridiculous uh-huh. and so eventually the, the the government to one degree or another realized that they they had to finally make a move and that move the final move started on october 11th of 2017 when 10 people formerly from the military intelligence complex came forward and uh, said we are we're going to set up an organization we're going to be doing research we're going to be creating content uh, and so forth. Uh, and that was pretty notable because of the people's background and resumes. And then several of those people delivered extraordinary information to the New York Times, and thus the New York Times articles of two, December 16, 17 were published with the Tic Tacs and the gun camera footage and the ATIP uh, program, and OSAP program, the read and the funding and everything else. And that was the trigger mm-hmm. that basically set off the final act of this play, mm-hmm. which is now mm-hmm. about seven years in. it it, it took longer than expected because our politics kind of went off the rails uh and it became difficult to do much of anything Mm -hmm. Uh, but now we are again closing in so it's that's what it took uh clearly world war i mean all the wars that have happened since world war ii korean war iraq war uh vietnam war uh wars in the middle east afghanistan libya all these wars have made it very difficult to get national security reform.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Plenty that's needed, but what we wanted was just to end the truth embargo, which is a form of reform. Uh, All of those wars didn't help. Uh, Obviously, the continued nuclear standoff, the nuclear uh, uh, Cold War, which is still going on, that didn't help. And so we made it much harder than it needed to be. And hopefully we haven't waited too long.
0: Absolutely, and when you talk about the technology that the military is already using, what what do you suspect it is? Because of, while you're off off camera, I actually mentioned like the SR seventy one Blackbird, you know that all that stealth technology that they mm-hmm. came up with in the sixties. Could that be part of the technology that 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 they have gotten?
1: Well, we don't know. We do not know what, if any, the technology has emerged from the legacy programs dealing with crash vehicles uh and, and if any has come out they're not going to tell us anyway right you know what i'm saying right,
0: right, not right tell us
1: but it's possible that some things have come out okay great okay but oh i had it almost and then it went away again come on come on oh Uh right, exit full screen all right no, oh, no there no. you
0: are Right on okay listen well I had
1: my camera back on and, uh, and then it didn't come up hang on I'm bringing the camera up my camera is back on if you yep. want to uh, turn it on on your I end
0: really yes, I see you here we go okay okay, okay so okay. Uh,
1: they they've had to make decisions about that tech and 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 all we know is they've had 77 years and multiple vehicles to study uh it, 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 there's rumors they got some an intact
0: I think his battery just went down. (laughs) It's going to be one of those days. It really is. (laughs) Murphy's Law. So, okay. So let me click him off and try and bring him back up here. Hang on a second. Let's just do this. Okay, let me try again. Yep, he's he's disappeared. This is just one of those shows. A lot of technology came from the Roswell, I agree with that. They were able to pull a lot of technology off that crash landing at Roswell. Off that. Well, I don't know if it's my internet or it's his internet. It's probably his computer because his battery was running out. So, Okay, we'll just continue. We will plow on regardless. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you with that a lot of technology came from Roswell. And, you know, there's that alleged. Uh... There we go. Oh, he's off. He'll be back. That's him. There's that alleged uh, agreement that they made with Eisenhower as well. You know, and uh, I mean, there's people that don't think he made. there's people out there. In fact, the gentleman we're going to have on tomorrow night uh, talks about him not, about that agreement not even existing. You know, that there wasn't a pact made. But I, I, I believe there was an agreement made. And that's how, that's how we advanced so quickly. Because, you know, it seemed like we were in the 1950s. We had certain stuff going on, but we weren't really, you know, that technological advanced, even though it seemed like it for the times. But then there was a big surge. You had that big surge from the 1950s on, and all of a sudden you had microwaves, and, and you know, our cell phones came into play, and, you know, and, and the MRI machines, and all this stuff came into play. And that's when I believed that there was that surge we, we yeah okay, wait for him to come back in. <laughs> you know, we had that surge of technology that came up, and that's what I believe, you know that 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 supposed that alleged meeting with eisenhower came into play you know that agree that, that whatever agreement they made to, to bring that into technology let me bring him back in okay can you hear me yeah it's a murphy's law okay. kind of night <laughs>
1: all right we're back in- I'm, i i heard you yeah. heard. uh here's the deal um okay we, we have had no other choice but to speculate ourselves to death for these last 77 years, right? Mm -hmm. The government's classified everything. They've got it well secured. Uh, They've got uh, deep, deep uh, underground bases, massive classification, USAP programs. And so we've just speculated, and there's all these rumors out there about we have this and we have that. Uh, Corso Mm -hmm. kind of stirred the pot when he he, uh, put out his book with uh, Bill Burns, The Day After Roswell, in which he talked about Mm -hmm. some tech being delivered to the foreign tech desk. Uh, and with the idea of seeding it into uh, some of our companies to give them a little advantage, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm sus- I think that probably some of that was done. But remember, this is well back, right? And right. because he didn't go into detail, and we don't have the records of how that went, we have no idea to what extent our technological mm-hmm. curves were, were uh, made steeper by this. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I don't think it was as much as we thought uh, I think that it was uh, an effort to do that, but I don't think it was that significant, to be honest with you. Uh, we were on a very substantial tech curve, even without ETs. It was uh-huh. no question. We, we, uh, we, we cracked the, issue, the fundamental issue of, of relativity and, and quantum mechanics before Roswell, all right? We invented the bombs and dropped them before Roswell. And so I encourage people to back away from this uh, and, and 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 take a base position like this. One, mm-hmm. uh, we know they have crash vehicles. We know those vehicles are antiquated. Mm-hmm. We know that clearly they are. They have a power system. Is it? Is it? And, and a power system is almost certainly something that we don't have. How how great is it? Don't know, right? Because, and this is where it gets kind of complicated. If they have an anti-gravity system that negates gravity, and it doesn't require a lot of energy to do that, and then you have got you need energy to move about whatever method you want, but mm-hmm. once you've negated gravity, you don't need a lot of energy to move something around, now do you? It weighs nothing, doesn't it? That's true. You know, it, the energy systems of the craft may have been overrated these years, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, they could be quite extraordinary. And so we know they had the crash. We know they had. We know they have dead ETS. We know they had a live ET or two for a while. Uh, as far as the meeting with Eisenhower, not proven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the most likely thing that happened there, if he in fact did something other than what was on his his calendar when he made that no. trip west, it was most likely to see a dead body. Right. I don't think by by. by the, I don't think that. Uh, that et was the os Oswell et was still alive if it was then he might have been taken to meet the et but but people have blown that up to oh we had a big meeting with ets they cut deals treaties made swaps gave each other presents
0: mm-hmm. we
1: don't know that we don't know that at all and so i'm telling people back back down here now here's another one look
0: mm-hmm.
1: any significant improvement in our energy capability whether it's in terms of the cost of moving electrons around or the ability to do it without polluting the air will be a very important help to us no question about it Antigravitic drive uh uh, is a little more narrowly focused it just means you can move around without having to use a propulsion system uh traditional propulsion system but actually any gravitic drive is an extraordinary tech that if we could put it into public use, and there is uh, decent evidence that we have human antigravitic craft, but they are not mm-hmm. available for our, 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 uh, our, our use. But if we could put those into public use, the mm-hmm. things they could do are quite amazing. And I'll give you just two examples. And by say amazing, they would have enormous impact on our problems, the current problems we're dealing with. Okay. And let's take one the global warming weather change issue is driving us nuts one because it's happening and two because it's been politicized three because nobody studies science in school anymore health have nobody studies hardly anything anymore uh, and so um, the the situation regarding the weather has it, been corrupted and we're not we're not addressing it uh and if we did address it properly we would probably find out That there's nothing we can do about it. Now, this is not this is this is considered apostasy, but I'm just I'm going to make a simple statement here. That for millions, hundreds of millions of years, we have had large cycle weather changes, and short cycle weather changes. Period. Mm -hmm. We've had them, right? Mm -hmm. And and there were no humans. All right. And when we go through a real cold period, the ice, the ice. uh, glaciers come uh, all the way down past Washington, D.C. into North Carolina, right? And that's true Mm -hmm. all the way around the world and from from the bottom, meaning that uh, uh, any civilization would be toast, okay? And there Mm -hmm. wasn't anything to be done. And then as things warm up, they start to retreat, and then you have a lot of water, you have a lot of melt up there on those glaciers, Mm -hmm. and at some point it gets to the point and an ice dam trillions of gallons of water would come pouring down from Canada, racing across the United States, pulling up boulders and literally scouring out huge canyons. Okay, okay. I mean, that—that that is the way it happens, all right? And then when we get a warm period, okay? Uh, greater portions of the planet are underwater, all right? Uh, the weather changes dramatically with that much heat and that much water you're you're talking about hurricanes category 7 massive mm-hmm. rains things like that any civilization going through one of those is toast okay and so mm-hmm. we are in a short term cycle that is essentially a warming trend and we think we can stop it by recycling our cans and, and plastic no it, right. it's it's it's, a, it's 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 a joke i mean it's, it's a good it's a good thought uh, right. it eliminates a little pollution more of a local sense it creates some jobs it creates some economy but the idea that it is significantly addressing the global warming issue no not at all it's in that sense worthless all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, And right well, you know, we're putting catalytic converters on cars and things like that and we're doing our best to try to get emissions down while the population moves from two billion to four billion to six billion to eight billion on its way to 10 billion. And so we have no chance using our current tech to prevent all of the consequences of global warming that the environmentalists are say are coming, but think that somehow we can avoid, no matter how much money we spend, which is which is irritating because some people understand this and they realize you're gonna spend all this money, but you're not gonna get any results. We Let's just use that money to enjoy our life while everything warms up. Okay, mm-hmm. however, and this is so cool. What if we had anti tech, and we may have had, we may have had anti tech for some decades, mm-hmm. but let's say that tomorrow we have anti tech and we're able to put anti-gravity craft into orbit, in our airspace as well as into our near space. Here's what we could do that we cannot do now, absolutely cannot do it now. You build huge panels, right, of the finest mm-hmm. materials, light but strong. Uh, they have the ability to be manipulated, right? Huge panels. They do have to be huge, huge, but they're huge. And now using your anti-gravity craft, you very economically and quickly start taking these panels up into orbit. And then you start to assemble them, and assemble them, assemble them, assemble them, in what is called a sun-synchronous orbit. Now, what is that? That is something that is orbiting the earth in such a way that as the earth moves around the sun in that elliptical orbit, that thing that you're, you're, you've you synchronized is always between the sun and the earth. Right? It's a little trickier than having a, 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 a synchronous orbit on, around the earth where something is parked over a particular spot. That's pretty easy because mm-hmm. the earth is moving. But our orbit is normal. And so now you've got a couple thousand of these panels, whatever the hell, up there, and they are assembled and they are manipulatable. And here's what you do. If the planet is getting too warm, you manipulate these panels so that they reflect a certain percentage of the sun's energy back away from the earth and thus cools the planet down. It's that nice. And if we go into a cold phase before the glaciers get down to New York, you take the panels and you then manipulate them so that they are now orchestrated to reflect additional energy on the earth like we do with sunscreen at the beach, okay? Or sun shields, rather, sun shields. Right. anti a community drive would allow us to truly and in inexpensively temperature control the planet to avoid those kind of dramatic shifts barring something profound. Like if we have a super volcano go off, it's going to put up a massive blanket of, of, uh, of, of sun blocking material. And uh, that's going to be, a, but it's going to be a somewhat short-term problem, and we can get some benefit from that. That sun synchronous array. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is simple, right? But without without any gravity drive, you can't do it. Okay. So if they had any gravity drive for fifty years, that's fifty years we could have been putting those damn panels up there and not driving ourselves crazy, spending the zillions of dollars to somehow, you know, buy carbon tax or whatever the hell we're doing. Mm-hmm. Not now again. Oh, so there's that now uh-huh. here's the other thing that I love all right? because we rely on nuclear power and we also have to make lots of material for our fine nuclear weapons the earth is loaded with nuclear waste and there's nothing we can do about it right. try nothing we thought we would store it in Yucca Mountain, at least in the West. We're going to store it all in Yucca Mountain, and nobody would agree to have the stuff transmitted there. And the Indians got upset. Don't blame them; they didn't want a billion pounds of nuclear waste on their reservation. Okay, I can I can, mm-hmm. I, can I can that. And so, nothing has happened. They are these massive piles of nuclear waste are underground or in drums, some above ground, just and and leaking and polluting the environment. And it's in, and of course, if somebody were to get I don't know, a couple hundred pounds of C4 into one of these facilities and send it off, probably two or three states of the United States would be radioactive and everybody would have to move out. Now, okay. what do you want to do about that? It? Actually, it's a simple solution. If you have adequate tra- uh, tra- uh, technology, what well, you do, well, you th- think of your uh, your uh, your container ships, right? They bring mm-hmm. in the stuff in the container, you go down, grab the container, pick it up, put it over, and you load. it. So imagine an anti craft ship that has a container on it, like the ships do. Right. And you fill that container up with nuclear waste. And then you very easily take it up into orbit much more safely than you would do using a chemical rocket. Trust me, I'm not saying something could go wrong. I'm simply saying that it's much safer and faster. You take it up into orbit, but you got a rocket attached to it. You ignite the rocket and send it into the sun, which can handle it quite well. And then you go back and fill up more containers until you eliminate all of the nuclear waste on the planet easily and cheaply. That we can do with anti the uh, technology. Without it, we can't do anything. Now, that's mm-hmm. just two of the benefits of anti-gravitics, and we know that anti are real, and, and almost certainly, at least the US, if not other countries, have actually figured it out. And so they're gonna have some tough questions about, why have you been sitting on that tech when my community fills up with radioactive waste when that's probably the answer to that problem? And they're gonna say mm-hmm. national security, national security, national security, you know, and blubber and blubber. And then we're gonna say, would you just go away and bring somebody up here that can talk intelligently about this? So that's two things.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, on the
1: energy side, what can I say? If mm-hmm. the energy system itself is understandable, or if the scientific principles embedded in those crap uh, allow our scientists, government scientists and the defense contractor scientists, to actually develop some more advanced theories with respect to aspects of physics, including the nature of energy, it, either way, we might be able to have a breakthrough there. It allows us. Electrons from point A to point B for less cost. By the way, anybody that tells you that the world runs in oil and gas, they're mistaken. We need oil and gas, but -hmm. our civilization electrons moving around. Okay. Uh, In other words, if you if you get rid of the electrons, in other words, if you if you break down all the electronic systems, all the oil and gas in the world will not stop you from basically. Dying. I mean, everything falls apart. Civilization goes. And so, if you could drop the cost of moving an electron by even 50 percent, and if you could do it without polluting the atmosphere, that is a major paradigm shift. It's not free energy. Free energy is an illusion. There will never be free energy, but there could be really cheap energy and non-polluting energy. And we, if any of that is embedded there, we need to know what the progress they've made there. And if they, mm-hmm. and if they haven't it. We need a disclosure event, and we need that, 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 that these uh, these vehicles and the tech associated with them available to several hundred thousand scientists who don't have currently classified ac- a- 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 access. All right, because the sure. a thousand look better than one. Okay, so that is the way to look at the technology situation. Now, in general, the idea of advanced tech from ET origin is still a very legitimate idea. Because there is still a matter of open contact. I believe disclosure is the is the predicate to open contact. That is not somebody taking you out of your bedroom at 2 a.m. It is uh, communications between ETs and human uh, authorities, uh, uh, and and that and that that is being actually acknowledged and and uh, and reported. So we know what they're saying to us, and we know what we're saying to them, and there is discussions about whatever going on
0: mm-hmm. in open
1: contact. The idea of technology exchange becomes a viable possibility. And when it comes to technology exchange, there's interesting uh, considerations. Uh, The most important one, and the one that is most easily, uh, I think, uh, graspable. graspable, Mm -hmm. is uh, We know from the contactee uh, research that the ETs, one or more of the species, are intimately involved in genetic work with human beings, and their capabilities seem to be quite oppressive. That should not shock anybody. Imagine where we would be, given where we are with respect to genetic technology and so forth, and hybridization, with, you know, the, the uh, CRISPR. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine another 500 years, where would we be? And so I think it's clear that these have extraordinary uh, genetic tech. If that is true, That's kind of cool because almost all disease has a connection to genetics or to Mm -hmm. cell uh, structure and Mm -hmm. biological processes. If they understand these at three or four levels above us, Mm -hmm. one might very much conclude there isn't a disease we have that they could not provide the answer to. Uh, and thus, we can start moving to eliminating diseases as a major factor. Now, the, the tech component of this is kind of cool. And it is uh, uh, in play, like many things we, we talk about with respect to ETs because of science fiction. And the particular movie I am uh, uh, referring to is Elysium. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a very cool movie. Elysium... Is about a future dysfunctional world, where the ultra ultra wealthy have have now re- relocated to a vast orbiting uh, um, um, space station or space the space city, all right, mm-hmm. and they have enormous. They have everything they need. They have all kinds of wonderful tech, and down below everybody's screwed, and a lot of, a lot of stuff takes place, and ultimately there is a a, a, a change in this status. But at the center of this movie is a very powerful idea. It is simply a, a bed. You see these things in movies all the time. They turn up in various ways. We actually have things sort of like this, but this is a bed, advanced tech. You put somebody in it, it diagnoses whatever is wrong with them and it fixes right there. And yes. at the end of the movie, they're they, 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 they able to change some software that makes everybody on earth, all the billions, also citizens of the space city. And that mm-hmm. entitles them in access to these machines. And all of these shuttles start flying out by the thousands to bring these machines down so these people could get healed. And that oh, nice. caught the imagination of people. And I get it. Does that mean we have those in our head? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Are we mm-hmm. close to that? No, we're not. However it is not an unreasonable thing that a post open contact situation that kind of technology could emerge uh from our friends our new friends mm-hmm. and that would be a changer right in other words they have the technology to alter genes to eliminate diseases starting and developing they, they may have the technology to cure those that do develop in this kind of stuff that would that would change our world into another mm-hmm. place altogether and then, given their advanced biology—what I bio, call bio, bio, biology, their biology and and and, and, and the human, or rather, life sciences—I'm I'm guessing they have some really good birth control tech. The kind of birth control—it's it's simple, it's absolutely safe, and you can just get it out everywhere. And we can start mm-hmm. bringing the population down by reducing uh, two generations to one one-child families, uh, with whatever incentives needed. Two generations of that, the population drops to 4 billion and we have a whole different world here, all right? And they would have that tech. We have tech in that zone, but it's not good enough, but it's not bad, but mostly politics is awful. And so there there, there are political decisions being made. It will take us to 10 billion and the people making those decisions will probably be dead by then and won't have to suffer what it's like to be on a planet with 10 billion people, all right? So screw them. Uh, let's deal with this. But we we could develop worldwide birth control policies and and move towards a 200 nation agreed one child uh, policy without having extraordinary higher level birth control technology. What we have is bad, uh, but it's going to take something, you know, like that worldview change and something dramatic, like the like disclosure mm-hmm. to get people in the right frame of mind, where they're going, you know, 10 billion people is bad, 4 billion people is good. And if you can do it without taking anybody's life away, without uh, without really interfering with people's lives, other than uh, mm-hmm. focusing on child uh, families for, for for two generations, uh, it's it's fair, it's just, it's it's generally equal, uh, and it's the solution. So that just gives you a glimpse of what's possible. Right. And, and right.
0: Do you think that they're here already among us, and we don't realize it?
1: One of the great questions, um, there are reasons why this is very, very tricky. Uh, and it gets to one of my most important ideas that I wanted to put out, modestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes like this. And it's all, you, you, I don't know, there was a, there was a series that just ran. It's a True Detective, uh, year four. Uh, mm-hmm. Jodie Foster was fantastic. The roof was great. Some people didn't like it. I don't care. It's fantastic. I love it uh and and uh in the film uh and she's a hard nosed detective she there's a several instances where and this is not unusual it's happened in other shows it's all about if you want to solve a problem, it's about asking the right questions if you don't ask the right questions you don't, don't know and so the kid would ask her a question- a wrong question ask him ask no and so this is true in all things, really what are the right questions so One of the questions that doesn't get asked enough is why are the the particular ETs engaging us, engaging us? Why is it then as not opposed to a whole other group? Mm -hmm. I mean, those, those who were saying we're not alone. I mean, those who were saying we're the only species in the universe, uh, have finally, some of them have become convinced that yes, no, we, we do have four or five other visitors. But then, because it's human nature, they go, but those are the only four others in the universe. There's just five, and that's not the case. In our galaxy, there's thousands upon tens of thousands of uh, various civilizations, many, many of which are starfaring. So, mm-hmm. uh, what, so, So with all those possibilities, why this group? Well, if you go online and, and, and search the imagery for the, quote, ETs, the most common groups, uh, most of which all comes from contactees. They draw them, they paint them, whatever. In other words, it's firsthand accounts. The cows. They don't take pictures because the ETs make sure you forget to bring your camera. Or if you bring it, you forget to pull it out, whatever. But they can paint them from their memory. And when you look, here's what you see. Reptilians. Why are they called reptilians? Because they look like reptiles. And why do they look like reptiles? Because they look like the reptiles on our planet, current and past. So if that is the case, I would assert the reason for that is these reptilians, sentient reptilians, space-bearing, actually contain human origin uh, DNA from reptilian species. Okay? In other words, they're genetically connected to the planet. It may go back at 10,000 years, 8,000, 200, doesn't matter. They're genetically connected to the planet. Uh-huh. And another, the, the mantis, right? insect towards the mantis. Why do they call them that? Because they look like an insect. Why do they look like an insect? Because we have insects that look like them. I would suggest that the reason they look like that is that they are a sensitive insectoid entity that has insect DNA that came from our planet sometime in the past. Okay? All right, let's continue. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the Nordics or the Plii. it's whatever you want to call them. But basically they're just very attractive, very human looking. In fact, by basically you cannot tell that they are non-human. Right. now, you might if you did an autopsy, but you can't tell. Hmm. Why is that? Well, because obviously they contain a great deal of human DNA, okay? Obviously. This is common sense, okay? Mm-hmm. But then we get to the grays. okay? Well, the grays don't look human. They got two arms, two legs, two eyes, a nose, sort of, I mean, other than that, they do not human at all. And so, hmm, doesn't seem to be a genetic connection there. Except, The evidence seems to point to the fact that the hybrid program that's underway involves the grades, possibly all three types. they become three types of small, medium, large. Uh, So that makes them genetically connected to us, doesn't it? So my, my premise is this, that what is happening right now on this planet is extremely important. It has been, well, twelve thousand years, if not three hundred thousand years, in the making, uh, it is leading to formal confirmation of the ET pre- uh, that we're not alone, as well as the, the open engagement with ETs, and that the ETs that are here are specifically here because of genetic connection to our planet. In other words, it's a homecoming. Uh, a big, de- it's like it's like there's a big wedding coming, and so the relatives are the ones that come to the wedding, right? Yeah, the relatives, the mm-hmm. parents. So these are connected to us. It is a homecoming. That is why they are here. Okay, so with that as a premise, let's start. A preface, right. Uh-huh. Look, the Pleiadians, or the Nordics, as they're called, could live among us. But still, a little problematic. Because if they're living amongst us, mm-hmm. some of them are gonna get you by car, you know, whatever, and just die, and they're going to get autopsy, and it's hard for me to imagine that a, a strict autopsy is not going to pick up that well. These look like humans, but there's some serious differences here, right? <laughs> and so I don't so I, so I, I don't think they live among us because the, that would be a problem unless they are absolutely identical to us, except they've got much better brains. In which case, the autopsy would turn that up, and so I'm going. They don't live amongst us, right? I, I'm pretty sure that reptilians don't live amongst us, but I mean, sci-fi, which is probably affects our perception on this more than the facts, more than the science that we have. I get that. Shapeshifters, you gotta love shapeshifters. If you're writing sci-fi, you know, you need time travel portals and shapeshifters, and you can write anything you want people buy. So this idea of shapeshift, I don't think so. Uh, but there's two kinds of quote shift One is illusion, and the other is actual physical, physical manipulation of matter. Mm-hmm. Now, we already know from contactees that they can implant visions in our head or, or images in our head. that are not what we see. And that's right. where the owl just come up, uh, uh, owls and, and cats and, and so forth. But they can also just anything. And so if they want you to see an owl, you see an owl. And so if you're a reptilian but you have that ability and somebody's in your presence, you make them see a human. Okay? And thus, uh, they're not really shapeshifting. They're simply using some, some significant amount of capabilities we don't have. But some people would view it as shape shifting, meaning it's not that they're now making you see a human when it was a reptilian. They Mm -hmm. just shape-shift from a reptilian to a human. And all I'm saying is shape shifting is tricky. There are some octopi who have the ability to do some amazing stuff. There is no question. They are able to adapt their skin and texture and everything else to look like an array of background of fauna, right? Flora rather, uh, it's impressive.
0: And mm-hmm. so is
1: it possible that an ET, uh, even a gray or reptilian has the ability to simply, their whole skin and everything else simply changes and, and looks like a human? Mm-hmm. No. But what the object is doing is they're mimicking a background so you can't see them. Uh, this would be literally ch- into something completely different the background is uh-huh. irrelevant it's a challenge I'm not convinced I don't think so I have had some stories told me though know, by some people that were quite persuasive that I simply couldn't dismiss but even then what they told me uh-huh. it, it could have easily been explained by mental power not by physical change all right uh-huh. so where are we now the ETs are not living amongst us now but there is one one other consideration, they've got bases here. Lots of them. They have to. I mean, they could be operating from another planet, but there would be thousands of craft coming and going all the time. They could be operating on the far side of the moon, but we've got we've been going around, seeing all sides of mm-hmm. it. Uh, it could be underground, and they could be coming out of there. But frankly, with the tech they have, they can operate from here and i think the general consensus is pretty clear uh there's very few researchers i know that that don't accept the fact they have bases here and they have extraordinary technology so their bases are virtually you cannot get to them right they're not you know they're not they're not hiding out in in an empty mall somewhere you know in, in schenectady new york uh right we think bases are under mountains and under the seabed so if you've got a huge base under the seabed which has got a mile of water on top of it what do you think the chances are that we're gonna be able to go find them no way okay mm-hmm. if they're under a mountain right uh, how are we gonna to get to them are we gonna spend 80 trillion dollars to drill into a mountain and go down no so they seem to have bases under mountains and possibly under some areas that are just flat terrain and they're deep we have underground bases they're called dumps deep underground military bases uh, that we, we have the drilling machines to make them. We've had it for some time. You don't see mm-hmm. these drilling machines. It's amazing how you just never see them. And the reason you don't see lots of pictures of them, or at least they're not readily there, and the, the press never covers it, is because that is one of those secrets that the government wants cooperation with. They do not mm-hmm. want lots of people understanding their digging ability, because if we understood it, the fact that they have these bases would become much more engaged and, uh, and be aware of it. These
0: mm-hmm. bases
1: are incredibly valuable to them because it allows them to work in total secrecy absolutely unhindered, no press, no no anything, do whatever they want. Uh, and we've got lots of them, but the, the, the ETs have got better ones. And so mm-hmm. if you believe that, that thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ETs operating from bases on our planet, but still have the ability to come and go when they need to, to a home planet through, through star-to-star travel, is living amongst us, well, they're living amongst us. All right? Uh, but to me, that's not the same thing, but it's a big deal, okay. it's a big deal. Right. And uh, one last thing for those that are going, how do they do this? Well, they <laughs> got some cool stuff. They can go through solid matter, uh the et's can walk through your bedroom wall which definitely gets people's attention and maybe uh-huh. the, the, the the fundamental basis for the whole concept of ghosts right, right. ghosts have been talking, right. but et's walking through people's walls for thousands of years right. and and so we know we've seen their ships go in the mountains they, they don't they don't they don't these just go in they just go right in uh-huh. okay so they're literally going through the mountain i assume all the way down into the base and uh-huh. they don't disrupt the mountain and people say well that seems like quite a trick. How can Mm -hmm. they possibly do it? Well, we don't have that science. We don't have that tech. We don't have the equations for it, but we do know enough to know why it's probable. And that is something that uh, is written about. You can find it. We are very enamored with all the solid stuff around us, right? We we bump into it and we sit things on it and it's probably critical to our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, we call it matter. It's actually 99.9% nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's really not hardly anything there. Why? All of that structure is not matter. It is the field that the matter creates. That creates the, it connects these particles together. That creates a field that you cannot push against. Mm -hmm. If you had the ability to turn off the fields of all matter, in a particular sector So the electrons had no charge, the neutrons had no charge, probably neutrons, protons have no charge, and so forth. Literally, the magnetic electric fields in an area, that stuff would just to the ground you walk right through, okay? And then you turn it back on and stuff will reassemble itself. This is a little crude, but that's an idea. And if you can do it with a wall in somebody's bedroom, you can do it to a mountain. And so they're coming in a mountain. They simply turn those fields off. They go right through empty space, and then they turn. That I guess that's how they go through. That. And when you can do that, boy, you can go anywhere you want and do all kinds mm-hmm. of things. And you're not going to be bothered by anybody. And so you have that aspect uh, to explain why there are so many ETs around, but they're not down at the Starbucks. Right. And I and I right. make a point of this. Because one of the roles of an activist is to help make things go where they need to go and try to eliminate unnecessary or invalid ideas that will hinder the process, create proper language and so forth. And because of the huge amount of sci-fi that we consume and that's wonderful I mean most people know about extraterrestrials it, or hundreds of sci-fi movies very good movies okay uh, because of that, a lot of our ideas, are not coming from the research on the ET phenomena as we know right. it on this planet. It's coming from the sci-fi movies, right? And this gets to be you know, a little bit tricky, right? And so, uh, and what, what is the, you know, I'm to make going to address. Uh, uh, again, they can go through matter, which makes it extremely mm-hmm. easy to be where they want to be. Um, and, uh, oh, 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 oh. Here it is. Sci-fi movies have come up with the idea of multi-dimension.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in the older movies, they weren't really called dimensions, but ever Get the idea. I mean, it's like something you know, hidden. In, it's like right, right there. And then eventually, dimensions came into as a big deal. And, of course, we've always talked about the three or four dimensions of our world, space mm-hmm. and time, right? Uh, and so, okay. And so people said, okay, they're in a dimension right next to us. That's what they and that's out there, and it's getting around. And mm-hmm. it's not good. I don't like it, and I push back against it. Why? Because we do not have adequate evidence for that to confirm it. We do not have it. We've got some mm-hmm. so so multiple dimensions that turn up in the mathematics or some of our physics, which is string theory,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And there's a lot of, uh, you know, you do some pretty sophisticated thinking about the world. You can kind of project that as a possibility. And once you get into quantum mechanics, almost anything is possible, it seems. And so it's in play. But I don't think it holds up. And why is that important for the activism? Telling people they're not alone, telling people that there's other entities intelligent coming from other star systems, hanging out with us and doing things, upsets some people. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm not down this, I don't like this. You know? what do you they just stay? In their planet, and they them. And then, and, but they come down, they got you know stars and bases, and that's what it is, and some people are uncomfortable with that, a lot of people are not. But you tell people that oh no, where they come from is they live in a multidimensional universe. So when you sit down for Thanksgiving dinner, there's like ten other civilizations having Thanksgiving dinner right next to you, but they're in a the dimension you can't see them. However, the more advanced versions of these other dimensional beings are such that they can reach literally out of their dimension into your dimension and take all the dark meat from the platter and leave us with nothing but white meat for Thanksgiving. And that is scary stuff. <laughs> you're basically telling people, yeah, the ETs are here, they're right next to you, but they're in another dimension. But don't get don't upset. Don't. Okay? No. That is not helping. That is make, making people more frightened about the reality of this unnecessarily because I just don't think. It's true, and well, let's, let's continue. continue. All right? Science fiction has gave, given us time travel. Hey, uh, it's simple. We know if there is a past, and a present, and a future. Right? We are smart enough to know that. We're sensing enough. It's a very legitimate concept, though it's not nearly as uh, 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 straightforward as people think. The whole issue mm-hmm. of time is actually really brutal and we we really like to know what we know what time is but that is it's not what we think it's not so tough it's tough uh time uh, is actually change time is changed and uh time uh the, the time that we think of only exists because we are conscious and we can count right mm-hmm. and so we uh, we, 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 uh, in our, uh, we have developed the ability to find repetitive change. So a clock is repetitive or systematic change. It always moves one tick, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's things in nature that are, that are repetitive. In other words, they repeat the same thing uh, and then repeat it again. And the, and, the time between those two things is the same. So we find something like that, or we make one, like a clock, and then something's changed. Something moves from point A to point B. And while yeah. it's doing that, we, we count the ticks. And we go, oh, that took 12 seconds. And so that's time.
0: No. Okay.
1: You take the humans out of it, take the clock away, take everything away. And what you've got is something moving from A to B. And nobody's counting how long it takes. That, that whole idea doesn't even exist. And one of the things we know about the universe, it is constantly changing. There is nothing that is not changing. Everything is moving. He is absolutely still. Everything is right. going to be changed. Every, atoms and everything else. It is an endless changing thing that conscious people can measure. We call that time. Okay, And if we go four clicks forward, mm-hmm. uh, okay, we, we've gone four clicks from the present and now the new present is four clicks and the other four, four clicks back, is the past. This is an artifact of human existence now. It gets more interesting. What's next for you? What now? Um,
0: what, what's next for you?
1: What? What do you mean? What is this for you?
0: No. What, what's next for you? What, what are you?
1: What's oh, next for me? Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess we're getting to close to the end. we right, Yeah. We running out of time. Okay. How about that? We're running out of time. That's cool. Anyway, time I don't have to. I find as possible, and it's even scarier than, than, than the, you know, the basic explanation. Uh, and so I invite people to not invest much in it. What's next for me is this: one, uh, Paradigm Research Group, which has been around for twenty-eight years, is about to become an actual nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. shortly uh, with a board of directors and a five hundred one c three status, and we will be uh, seeking uh, uh, tax-free donations so that Paradigm Research Group can really expand its activities because the post-disclosure world is coming. All right, that's about to happen. The Hollywood Disclosure Alliance is now four months old. It's growing mm-hmm. quickly. It's only like about one hundred thirty members. It is a nonprofit networking entity to bring together content creators in the film industry and other entertainment industries and the UAP people to make it easier for them to get together, create content, and get it right. All right, uh, and also it make some money because everybody that I know is broke. Right? and so the HDA is doing that. We have we're starting to get some pretty pretty well known celebrities in the Hollywood world. Shirley MacLaine has joined. Uh, Thomas Jane, the actor, is joined. D. Wallace. Uh, and we've got a couple more. We also have top researchers. We, we could add many, many more UAP people, but we need to balance it with the film industry people. But as that grows, the other grows, we're looking to be at about 200 to 250 members in about three months, and also be a full, ongoing, uh, funded nonprofit. So that's happening. Uh, uh, the New Paradigm Institute is now fully formed. It's operational. Uh, they're holding significant events. Uh, and you can now contribute to the New Paradigm Institute it will be a post-disclosure think tank with a very substantial board of directors and a, a very substantial group of advisors. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Contact in the Desert conference coming up May 30 to June 3. It will be another one of the great conferences. Uh, we had 1,200 last year. We're shooting for 3,000 this year. Be about six tracks, 65 speakers. Again, the Indian Wells Resort, you know, south of uh, of uh, Palm Springs, gorgeous, beautiful. You know what can i say it's incredible got a great room rate you got to, got to put the rooms through the website contact in all right uh and you want to book those rooms immediately you can buy tickets later but you got to get to, if you want to be in that hotel we're going to called the hotel, right we, and we deserve every single room in the hotel and so that's coming up i'm going to be very much active there panel lectures uh intensive the whole nine yards and look forward to having you join me check the website contactinthedesert.com and you can see the entire list of speakers, though the schedule is not up yet, and the panels have not been fully assigned, but it's a beautiful site and indicative of what to expect. Uh, well, it has a lot. Uh, let's see. Um, there's some other conferences that are coming. MUFON has one. I need to upgrade, update my com- conference list, uh, and I will, and you can see what's coming up, because there will be a number of conferences this year. Uh, and also, lastly, For those of you that are still struggling to understand what's going on uh and you're getting your stuff from you know the odd twitter you know tweed gear and the odd facebook or whatever or you know occasional youtube videos and and all the pieces are not adding up take advantage of my my greatest accomplishment okay Mm paradigmresearchgroup.org menu resources drop down print media archive flash page Again, you get to the print media article. Fifteen thousand articles triaged from forty thousand articles going back to 1947. The total number of articles have actually been done that are legitimate. It's probably more than like fifty, sixty thousand, but there's only so many I can link to. Uh, the number of articles is now the greatest it's ever been. It did eighteen hundred last year, meaning the total number of articles last year was the greatest ever. Uh, virtually. Less than 1% of these articles is, in fact, a debunking piece. The rest of them is legitimate coverage. And if you go in there, there's there's one year for each, there's a a page for each year. And so Mm -hmm. you can search by, so if you want to just uh, read all the New York Times articles, you just go to 2023 or 24, you put in search New York Times, and then it'll just drop you down. You just go watch and read every one. You go to the next year, do the same thing. So you can literally go through 10 years of New York Times articles very quickly. and read them all. If you go there and take advantage of this, you will discover that the, 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 our journalists, the, the mainstream press, and some some what I, I call them alternative press, but the other press, uh, there's are still uh have pretty much described everything that's been happening. They haven't investigated. They haven't gone looking for underground bases and stuff. No. But it, everything that's been going on that is in the public domain, they have covered it, and they covered it relatively well. And so it's all there. And so if you could just read, uh, you know, maybe 25 to 40 articles from the, each of the last four years, you will oh. suddenly have a much better idea of what's going on. And you'll feel less stressed. So Absolutely. That.
0: How can people find you?
1: ParadigmResearchGroup.org. You can subscribe to my uh, email or email list up in the upper left corner. There's another link in the middle of the page. Uh, it's, a, it's a constant contact list. Uh, my email is there: PRG at Uh and uh, uh, and my phone number is listed. You can text me. Uh, so I've i always been available, uh, and that's that's how you can, you, can, you can find me. And, and I also have a page in the About section. That's PRG's media coverage. And so if you go into the menu about, scroll and drop down, hit the media coverage, it's about 600 articles over the last 20 years that have been written about PRG and me. Uh, some of them are extensive, some of them are less expensive, but it'll give you a, 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 a picture that that PRG's work has been well covered. And, and it same to be, say, for many other groups. We have gotten the press but the truth embargo as ensured the press would just go so far. But where they have gone is a lot. Most people don't have the time to read those things, so they continue to just kind of kind of float through life. Right? Not quite oh, yeah. sure what the hell's going on and wishing they knew more. Um, that's the government's fault. But th- there is a huge movement to now bring all of that to them and they will soon learn the truth about this issue.
0: Fantastic. It's always fun to have you on. I learn so much every time I have you on.
1: Thank you. Dear. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm a California boy, born there, and I now have a place there as well as D.C. I've lived in many parts of California, and I know it's all haunted. And, but they're good ghosts. It, it, good progressive ghosts uh, uh-huh. doing the uh-huh. right thing. That's that's what I think.
0: That's what's cool. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it, and maybe we'll get you back on once all this stuff starts coming to light.
1: Absolutely. There's plenty coming, and I'm happy to come and check. All
0: right, so You have a great rest of your evening.
1: Thank you, dear. Bye. All right,
0: bye-bye. Okay, uh, you know, we always learn a lot when he's on. I love having him on. He's just hes, he's just full of information. I love it, love it, love it. Tomorrow, we're going to kind of stay in the same uh, vein of of, of uh, disclosure. Uh, Glenn Steckling is going to be with us. He's going to be talking about uh, ETs and, and how they've been displayed by Hollywood. And we're also going to be talking about the possible contact with the, the various presidents that that uh, the ETs may have had over the years. But anyway, I'm going to bug out of here. I'm going to have to teach a class. So I will be here tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, usual time. Also, to remind you guys, check out the California Hot Entrepreneur Investigation Team Meetup. I am going to be teaching a psychic development class on March 9th. And so if you guys are, I correct sorry, March 10th. So if you guys are interested in uh, learning about uh, your psychic abilities, check it out, okay? Check it out, sign up, and we'll do it. I have nine spots open for that class, so check it out. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific with Glenn Steckling. Have a great evening.